0: Connecting to the AOC Podcast Network. Enjoy your
1: stay. Okay, so I would like to um, welcome everyone. Um, thank you all for listening to Le Cadeau podcast. And today my guest is Brooke. I have her in my telephone as Brooke Healer. So Brooke, please introduce yourself and tell us what your last name is. Thank you, Becca. My name is Brooke Espinan. I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) And when did you move to Lafayette?
0: Uh, Roughly eight years ago, eight and a half years
1: ago. All right. So this podcast is called Le Cadeau. I made a CD a long time ago called Le Cadeau, which in French means the gift. And so I invite people to come to talk about the gift of healing that they use in their lives, maybe how it came to you, anything you really want to share. The reason I invite people is so that whoever wants to listen can understand that you and I are just two women who do this work. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know when we were born. <laughs> we're just kind of going with the flow. So that's the whole the whole concept. So when you moved here eight years ago, did you do healing work at that time?
0: No, I didn't. Um, it was after. It was probably about a year, year and a half after. Okay. Um, but prior to living in Lafayette, I lived in Belchase on the West Bank. And I got kind of started with, it's just kind of odd. One day I just literally felt like I needed to meditate. Uh Um, I had never done a meditation in my life and just never had, you know, bought any stones or crystals or anything. I just so happened to have had a couple of jade bracelets that were gifts to me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I needed to hold those as I meditated. And I just listened to that feeling and it just kind of evolved and grew and snowballed if you will. Um, So then once we moved here um through some friends i met a medium that we both know and uh she turned me on to um our local shaman peter mm-hmm. and it just i it kind of escalated from there i started seeing him for sessions and started going to his workshops and just um as i did those things and the meditations and stuff and became clearer then i just became more aware of the messages coming through
1: to me, when you were a child, did you ever pray and meditate?
0: I prayed. I, I'm from Southern Illinois, so I was raised as Baptist. I don't identify per se with any um, organized religion now. I, if but you wanted, that was to where label you began. Me, yeah, no, yeah, it's no, not exactly. about label, but
1: right. The thing that is that some people think meditation is apart from, but it is not necessarily apart from organized religion. No, so I mean, I you remember- could have. You could have prayed or meditated as a child, and this could just be another step for you.
0: Sure, I mean, I can just remember sitting in church and the preacher saying, you know, to pray and meditate, but I didn't know what meditation meant. You know, exactly. I was a, I was a kid. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I prayed and everything, and I knew there was a higher being that you know we called God. Um, now, I don't, you know, if anything, I guess I'm con- I consider myself more spiritual. But um, anyway, it's just everybody has what they, you know, need for themselves. Exactly.
1: I guess what I'm I'm hoping to interject here is that we're not inventing spirituality or religion or God. We're just approaching it as adults. And it may look like what we did as a child, and it may not. But it's all the same. Right. So that's just way cool. So when I met you... I met you at my neighbor's. Um, actually, we met before
0: that at um, Suzanne Northrop.
1: Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Okay, so so is so I met you at Suzanne Northrop, and she is a
0: she's a medium. Okay. world kind of world renowned, I guess.
1: Yeah, she's not local. No, she's not local. She's, no, she's bigger than, than Acadia. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, she's. <laughs> She finds us amusing and, and interesting, from what I understand.
1: I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. So, and then I met you at Chassis? hmm Oh, also we met at a drumming Peterhead.
0: Wow. That was, I think that was the very first time we had met. It was a very brief thing. Then it was Suzanne's. Then it was at Chassis.
1: Okay, so you and I have met occasionally at different times. Right. and And then you, after you started your your journey i met you and you were doing healing work correct and everybody does healing work in their own way so so the last time i remember besides that was before you had your office or maybe you had your office but it was at the um in in orneville
0: no it was in scott I've never had an office in Arneville.
1: No, no, no. But before you had your office, when you were in Arneville oh, at, at the Expo. Yes, yes, correct, yes. And you were you had some cards. Yes. And I said, I don't have time for this. And I don't know how much you were asking for uh, some donation. And I said, what if you just don't do anything with it? Or just tell me something. and And I don't remember what you told me, but I had to do something. And so I found someone there. Who I know did healing work, and I did a piece with her and it was profound, and it changed my life. you know everything everything changes mm-hmm. everything changes our lives in some way, correct so um, I just thought it was exciting, and then now you have your own office, yes, so let's let's try to talk about. From the time you listened and you meditated with jade in your hands that were gifts until today that I'm interviewing you as a healer, what transpired? Or what would you like to tell us? Because the whole thing is we don't do anything anybody else can't do.
0: Exactly. It's just taking the steps, the meditations, the prayer, the just listening to your inner being your inner self and being aware of the messages and the guidance that you're receiving and acknowledging that and being very grateful and I feel personally that those are the two most important things that we can do for our guides and the other side is to acknowledge them and to show you know extreme gratitude
1: right so when you what did you do that made you want to open an office to see people? That's It's a big thing from just praying and listening to sure. God and taking guidance to actually making yourself available in service. Was it, that hard to do? It
0: was. Um, I started out
1: actually working out of
0: my home mm-hmm. for a couple of years. I had a little office out of my home. Um, as I said earlier, that I did workshops with Peter, um, and it just kind of— Everything, I just keep saying it, but everything truly did evolve to where I just felt called to do this to help other people, to be in service to others. Right. Um, And it literally got to a point where at my house it just wasn't conducive. You know, I have kids, I have pets, you know. It's a house. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We all have a life. How do you tell
1: your dog to quit barking and your child to be quiet and not be hungry? I mean,
0: oh, yeah. It doesn't work. Okay. No. And I had the opportunity um, come up with Chassis in Scott. And so I was there for a, a period of time. And then this other opportunity literally just fell into my lap to be able to come back to Lafayette, which was a little bit closer to my house. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the space I'm in now. And it just, it's just been really great. It's just one of those things you just know it's like the domino effect. Everything just
1: exactly happened for a reason. So, I remember meeting you at Chassis, and Chassis lives in Scott. Chassis mm-hmm. has a well nest, mm-hmm. which is what she calls a little place, like a little nest, and you get well in her little nest. Yes. And Chassis and I are neighbors in Scott, directly across the street from the Catholic Church. Yes. Okay. But there is no conflict, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, for someone who was born and raised in Scott, And then started to do this. There's some, well, this isn't my tribe. How do I fit with my people and do this? Um, But you had been sort of not um, a practicing Baptist when this happened to you, right? Correct. Did you find it difficult to start doing healing work instead of just being a mom or whatever else you did? Did you find it difficult to say, I do this? Did people, were you, was, that's my question. Was it hard?
0: it, it was, a, yes, it, it was different trying to, because it's, it's not your mainstream thing. Amen. You know, <laughs> and, um, for my family to understand, because at that point I'd been a stay at home mom. I used to work out of the home for a while and then was needed at home. And as my children got older and et cetera, they just got used to me always being home. And, you know mom could drop be you know, be available at the drop of a hat and be the taxi and drive me here and there and whatever. Well now it's okay, you've gotta take into account mom has this and that and you know. Yeah. So and then, you know, and then my husband he works in the oil field so he's away a lot. So it's been an adjustment, um, but it is doable. And it and it's doable for me because I feel very strongly about it. I feel that this is where I actually belong. It yeah. just other than to tell you that it just felt right and everything just fell into place, that's how I don't know how else to explain it. That I knew,
1: I know, and you it, it, it didn't get knocked off a horse like Saint Paul did, right? But but it's the same kind of conviction that you know you have to do this now. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things or one of the ways I understand my own process because once you start doing this work. It's actually can be explained through quantum physics, but on account of I'm not a quantum physicist, I'm not going to try that one. Right,
0: I'm oh, not
1: either. So when you, when you know that you're dealing with someone that is beyond the physical, and that even though quantum physics can explain it, they're not explaining the physics of what we see, they're explaining the physics of what we can't see, that everything is vibrational. So basically we're practicing vibrational medicine. Mm -hmm. Now, when you start knowing that you're dealing with what you can't see, then it opens that up for you to be able to be more relaxed, and you kind of don't doubt it. And then more can happen because you're simply allowing yourself to be in that space. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. Um, And we don't have to explain ourselves every day to everybody. Correct. But to have an office is a big step. Mm-hmm. and and I, I hear about the transition of at home. How do you tell people what you did because instead of being – when somebody says, oh, hi, what do you do for a living? Oh, well, I'm not a stay-at-home mom, and now I do what? What do you say? Is that uncomfortable, or was it in the beginning?
0: Um, in the beginning, it was kind of hard to to know exactly what to say because, as I said a minute ago, This is not mainstream. So people look at you like you've grown a third green head or something sometimes, you know. But um, occasionally, well, now I've kind of just kind of gotten into a niche where, you know, if it comes up, you know, about in conversation, well, what do you do? I say, oh, well, I have a holistic practice. Oh, well, what is that? You know, then I'll say, well. It's kind of an energy thing. I make candles, you know, and I kind of keep it very generic and general. And then if they ask more questions, then I kind of give a little more detail.
1: That's that's so simple. Yeah. Because well, because how, you know, people ask me what do you do? Well, if I think they might understand, then I say I do healing work. But if I think that that would bother them mm-hmm. or they wouldn't understand, or they would ask me questions I really can't answer anyway, i say, well, I work for a home health agency. Mm-hmm. So that my job is not to explain what I do to anybody and get them to want to come. Or It's just what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, when we meet a nurse, they say they're a nurse. We don't need any explanation.
0: One of the things that I, I do tell people, if the conversation goes deep enough, mm-hmm. I will say, you know, I I hold sacred space, so that you can, you know, trigger your own self healing, right? Because that's what we do, exactly. You know, and um, and I explain it further to them. It's it's kind of like you have a radio station that you're trying to tune in on your in your car, and you might have some static because you need to be cleared out. You might not be receiving the messages from God or the universe or whoever very clearly. So then you you go through and you have your own self healing process or session or whatever you want to call it and all of a sudden that radio station comes in and you can hear the messages and you can feel them and you know decipher for yourself and so they they kind of seem to get it a little better that way
1: right it just makes sense and how has your life changed since you said yes and you started doing this for other people how has your own life been affected
0: I have changed in a lot of ways. Um, I used to be extremely OCD. I used
1: to... That would be obsessive-compulsive disorder?
0: Yes, just just like about cleaning and about, you know, just all kinds of different things. Um, I used to overthink things to the nth degree to the point that even my husband would, you know, you're overthinking it, you need to stop, you know. (laughs) And for him to point that out, I really had to be bad, you know. So... Um, I really, I mean, I'm still human, you know, and we all still have our little quirks and things. And so sometimes those things can still happen, but I don't feel that it's near as bad as it used to be. Exactly. And I feel like I'm much more at peace and that I have a better relationship than I ever had when I was a quote unquote Baptist with, you know, creator, God, you know, whomever.
1: Right. Because you have an adult and a clearer understanding than you did when you were a kid. It's exactly. powerful, mm-hmm. and we, we are able to have an experience that can't be put in a box.
0: Exactly, and I have a deeper appreciation for not just myself, but I've also learned to love myself more, which is very important. Exactly. We all need to love ourselves first, and that doesn't make us selfish or, or bad people. We You can't love anyone more than you love yourself, so... I have that I have a deeper appreciation for all living things Mm -hmm. the trees the you know mother earth I have a deep appreciation for all that's provided and you know animals and just everything it just I appreciate the beauty that's around me
1: yeah and and it's kind of like we can't give what we don't have exactly so I began doing healing work after I had a diagnosis of cancer, mm-hmm. so I did what I could do to help other people because we always get help when we give help, exactly, so you may or may not have ever thought that you would receive help or be able to grow in these ways because because you just were called to serve, but in your service you have received mm-hmm. and and I think that that's really profound mm-hmm. um and, and as I look back, I don't think that healing saved my life, but in a way it did because it gave me a place to serve others where I would receive more than had I never served others. Right. Because we get what we give. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know and your intention is not necessarily to do this. or, But it just it's a natural progression of living in peace. Mm -hmm. so I think that's like like so wonderful so did you go to any particular schools or you just studied under mentors or shamans how did you choose to develop and
0: I have mainly studied under our local shaman Mm -hmm. Um, I for the cards I did attend a online course Mm -hmm. an online course for six weeks through Doreen Virtue and the cords. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us about the cords. So they're angel cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am considered a an angel, certified angel card reader. Um, and it, basically it's messages that you receive with love from the angelic realm. And um, it can be from the angels, literally, or it can be from your guides or both, you know. Um It's just a way for people to, you know, maybe their radio station isn't coming in as clearly, so I can bring through the message for them
1: until they can get to a place where they can hear it themselves. Exactly. So they have angelic beings in lots of religions. Exactly. So you didn't invent angelic beings. No. So as you start to work with these angelic beings, and they talk to you, or work through you, they're coming to you from a place of uh, a higher spiritual realm than you live on the earth, and you're allowed to take that message and then give it to these people. Correct. What if they don't listen to you? Do you feel responsible? No. Yeah, because well, we, 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 we're not.
0: No, we're not. It's I personally believe it's more like planting a seed. You know, they came to me, so I have their permission to give them the message. Because when they came to me, you know, we had a conversation. If there were any questions about what this was or was not, you know, there was that done. So that I tried to make it as clear as possible as to what was going to happen or what, you know, may or may not happen. I, I can't control it, the messages that come through. It's all in what the client needs at that particular time. Mm-hmm. But... um As that comes through, you know, it's planting a seed, like I said, and it's up to the client to cultivate it and to accept it and embrace it or
1: not. Right. So I had that one uh, meeting with you at the Health Expo. Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks ago I went to see you because I was having an important meeting and I just happened to see as I was on my way somewhere before leaving the house, that you had an open house, and I stopped by. And I had the meeting, and we'll see what comes of it. And it just made me feel good. For me, I was asking you to pray with me, Mm -hmm. and you did. And you gave me two candles Mm -hmm. as part of my little session with you. One of them was uh, Metatron and Uriel, I believe.
0: Yes, um, Archangel Metatron, and that particular candle was for... Uh, clarity mm-hmm. and the other one was for Archangel Uriel and he's the archangel of wisdom so that was so that you would have you know the wisdom to have a successful meeting
1: right so you know as a, as a child many of us are told about a Gordian angel mm-hmm. and we understand angelic realms and realms and seraphim and cherubim and archangels but sincere work with them Mm-hmm. You have a defined and a refined role that most people don't. So I see what you do as as giving us more in one way, but the same in another way. If you just pray for the angels, they're going to all help you. But if you give some clarity as to who is coming and for what purpose, it gave me um, more confidence about the specific, Role, and the specific meeting that I was attending instead of me just knowing my guardian angel is always with me. Mm -hmm. My guardian angel is always with me, but you let me know there were some other angels with us. So I went in like with a team, Mm -hmm. like praying to the saints who are people who have uh, died, and we know they've done good. So it it made me feel as a human being that... um, I had a spiritual team with me instead of just me by myself,
0: and that's exactly a very good way to put it. Um, I try to explain to my clients, as far as the archangels are concerned, um, when I see that situation, it's like you're standing on a center stage, and the archangels are off in the wings, and your guides and whoever, um, because the archangels they do not interfere with because we have free will.
1: Yeah, no one interferes exactly. Unless <laughs> we do right exactly
0: but the archangels unless it's very specific situations and it's very very few and i would my personal opinion on that is like perhaps you're gonna have an accident or something and it's not your time but other than that and that's my opinion i don't know that for sure but it anyway it doesn't matter but you the the point is is you have to call on them and ask for their help and guidance. And you don't have to know the specific name. It may just be, you know, God, I need protection for this, or God, I need guidance for this. And that's when they're sent. So what you were saying is to have a little more clarity as to who may come, then that gives you a name.
1: Right. And I guess I wanted to explain it that way, so that those people who go and still go to church on a regular basis, this isn't like, not anti church, correct. It's just broader than because because it's just broader. Mm-hmm. It, it's not anti. It's the next. It's seeing the next level with more clarity, with more distinction. It's understanding the roles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way cool. Um, so, do you also do mediumship, or do you just do? No, I I have not felt guided to go in that way. Okay so someone was asking me to um they were asking me about mediumship as someone who had seen me kind of recently and um you know she wasn't sure if it was okay to believe that people who died could be in touch with us or help us and she wasn't sure if that was right or wrong mm-hmm. And and But she said she felt that someone she loved very much was helping her. And so she was asking me if it was right or wrong. And I'm like, you're having this experience. Who am I to judge what's right or wrong? Those kinds of personal experiences don't fit in a church necessarily. Mm-hmm. But But, you know, I'm Catholic and all I know is that if we have all saints and all souls and they go on to a better place and we can ask them to pray with us... Mm-hmm because my daddy may never be canonized or my daughter may never be canonized, it doesn't mean they can't help me. Right. So I can ask them. So there's there's also taking a, what we understand and looking at it through a broader lens mm-hmm. and maybe not necessarily questioning experiences but being affirmed that if I had that experience, it's an okay thing and I decide how I can use it for myself or not. mm mm-hmm whatever angel comes, it's, it's, it's what I need, so to speak, just for this. So I just wanted to thank you for, for your help then. And, uh, and maybe one day I'll have like a real whole live session with you, like a regular person, but thank you for the little, the, no, the you're connections. Welcome.
0: You're welcome. I I appreciate you coming in.
1: Okay. And is there anything else you want to tell me about what you do? Or I don't know what else to ask. That what do you want to share? I just I wanted you to have some us get kind of get comfortable. Is there anything you'd like to share because this is a podcast and people are going to hear us? Sure.
0: Um, well, I make candles for the archangels. The line the the name that I chose for the line is called Energy Sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with stones and crystals a lot, so every candle has some form of a powdered crushed stone or crystal in it and they come with a bit of information about the stone or crystal that was in it all the candles down to the color the smell everything about that the candle is literally how I'm guided by that archangel um to make it um the sense you know it's truly like the movie Michael that John Travolta was in Mm -hmm. you know the angels love sweet smells so a lot of my candles have more of a sweet kind of smell to them Um, like I said, that's literally how I'm guided to do it. Um, but it's a very cathartic process for me and I am very thankful for it. And I, and I enjoy making them for people and I'm glad that people find
1: that they're helpful. So we often like candles in churches. Mm -hmm. We like candles on altars at home. So what is with a candle? Why is the candle for for what you do it's uh it's a sim, it's symbolic of the light
0: there's really no symbol to it i when I first started meditating, I meditated with a scented candle and some or I would use incense. It was just something I felt like I needed to do that doesn't necessarily mean that you know you may need to do it when you meditate, but you may like to have one burning like while you're you know, in the tub or relaxing or just whatever, you know, just whenever you feel like you want to smell a candle. Um, That's all there is to it. It's it's that simple.
1: But you get guidance from angels to do this, but it's something that's been historically in churches from the beginning of time. Correct. So you're not inventing a new way of doing anything. You're adding what comes to you and the information that that Spirit gives you to and imbue this in this wow that's kind of cool
0: yes thank you um i also um am a reiki practitioner as a bunch of us are Uh um i also am certified in integrated energy therapy which is a another form of energetic healing that is um from the angelic realm Uh um and as i said i do study under the local shaman peter bouillard and uh so my sessions with clients, you know, it's never to date, knock on wood, been just straight Reiki, straight IET or whatever. It's always usually a buffet of a little bit of everything. And it's literally what the client needs at that time and how I'm guided by my, my guides and even their guides are in the room and angels and et cetera.
1: So. Right. So as I understand that, you, you, you have these tools. Correct, and so you pull from whatever tool in your own tool bag mm-hmm. you feel would serve at, at that time. Um, do you feel that this has enhanced your role as wife and mother and friend?
0: I do. Um, in some ways, it helped. It helps me to recognize certain things with my my kids. Now, since they're at a certain age, from an ethical standpoint. I can't be their quote-unquote healer, but um, I can guide them mm-hmm. and explain things to them. And it even on a spiritual level has helped um, because my my three of my four kids are Catholic mm-hmm. by choice. And um, so sometimes, you know, we've had conversations about things, and it, it just helps. You know, and I've actually seen interesting parallels for myself between... Catholic and yeah, and this you
1: know. I didn't spiritual. realize your children were Catholic. Not um, that I mean, I'm. It's it, yeah. So yeah. it's all the same Correct. in a different language.
0: Exactly. I feel yeah. like we're all on this go. You know, all have the same goal. We just all have a different path to get there, and that's fine as exactly. long as we don't hurt ourselves or others.
1: But what I was getting at is, you don't necessarily feel you need to abandon your life to go do this somewhere else. No, it helps your life wherever you're at. Correct. Correct wow, you know, that's really cool. And it helps you have more to contribute to the community now that you're less affected by all those things that no longer affect you, like from in the beginning.
0: Correct. Mm
1: -hmm. So where do you see this going? Like, do you feel that coming to Lafayette, do you think it's about where you live or just that you were called?
0: I think it's... It's a little both, actually, because I was called, I feel like I was called first. It's kind of like the chicken or the egg.
1: Exactly. You know, but But,
0: in this instance, though, I do feel like, okay, this is what I was called to do, and then because I accepted the calling, then I was brought to a place where it would be more effective, if that makes sense.
1: Right. So what do you think about, when you say a place that is more effective, you're talking about you and your own relationship with the gift? Um, Or or the location of being in Acadiana? A little bit of
0: both. Um, Explain
1: the relationship of the both and and the location, if you would.
0: Okay, so the location is because there is a community of healers and people, whereas, you know, where I was before in Belchase, I don't know that there was a community, but I was so early in my beginning path um that you know i wouldn't have known where to look and i and by coming to katiana i stumbled into it so this you know because i stumbled into it this that tells me that this is where i was supposed to be right and then it's more accepted here um because of the community right you know it's even though it's not mainstream there are people that, you know, still have an interest because, you know, the cards may be an interest or, you know, they may see my sign and, you know, whatever, or a brochure or, you know, what do you do? You know, it just, it all just kind everything's connected, so it all just kind of meshes and melds together and just makes me a better person overall.
1: Do you feel that any of your clients come from religion, I mean, do you the people you go see, are they only like people that understand energy work, or do you see people that are just regular people? Oh, I see
0: both. I've seen both. Um, I do have people that, you know, they didn't even know what a chakra was, and so we'll have a conversation about that, and they've never had any energy work done, and that's okay. That's totally fine, Um, you know. But then I also have the other side of it that, you know, Some people that I've met in the community, like you just said yourself, you know, you came a couple of weeks ago to see me, you know, whatever. Right. But you also, by coming to me, it was very interesting the first time at the expo when you Mm -hmm. had me do that reading. Without your angel, without my angel. Sorry for the challenge. (laughs) But yeah, you put me on the spot. But you know what? I liked it though, looking back on it, because it took me out of my comfort zone. And like you said, they're kind of a crutch. So I don't necessarily need to rely on that it showed me that I can still have the clarity like whenever I get the information about the candles
1: or when you don't have them with you or like in this case I was in a hurry but I knew you had to tell me so I knew I needed I don't know what I, and how gift how gift that was to me because mm-hmm. I found someone there and then we we did this work and it was exactly what I needed uh, yeah I can't even remember now what what I needed but then that's you know onto the next thing so what do you see um what do you see or where do you see this for you in the future do you 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 basically do word of mouth and yes you don't do a lot of advertising
0: correct yeah I don't do a lot of advertising um I do rely on word of mouth but I feel like this is my calling and i just feel like this will be what i'm doing until i am guided otherwise
1: does it support you or you still have the opportunity to be supported even though you're not a stay-at-home mom you don't support yourself with all this right now yet do you
0: no not yet i would like to be able to you know from that aspect of course i mean i would like to be able to be more of a contribution to my household. But as it stands right now, I am fortunate that it's not an absolute necessity, but I think at some point it will get to be where it at least needs to be more of a – contribution more of you know to, to be go able along, to earn like, more right yeah, like I in retirement it. type of thing you know but, but I can contribute more
1: still so you're not you you're not under pressure to do this no I'm that's not that's a gift it is no absolutely you know, that's a gift so you can do it and and you don't have to have um you know if you you don't have to see a certain number of people a certain number of times a week to bring in a certain amount of money Correct. I
0: mean, I would like to not. You can grow into that, but but
1: you don't. You're not having to do that, and so then you can let it grow, very naturally. Uh, Everybody's using the word organic, so organically, and so you can just grow, and then who knows where that would take you?
0: No, exactly, and and I feel like being able to go the more quote unquote organic route, it does allow me to appreciate it more when I do receive you know have a client that that wants to come. Um, because as you said earlier, you know, we get what we, you know, what we we give. And so, you know, it's, it is an energy exchange for both parties. So it's, it is a very
1: good opportunity. How do you, how do you see, um, do you ever see yourself as a teacher? I like wanting to teach in the future or maybe teach as you have been taught. How do you see yourself going forward with this? What is your role?
0: I've I've kind of played with the idea a little bit. Um as of right now it's not necessarily something that I see in the in the very near future, but I mean I never say never. You know, I maybe one of my kids someday or somebody else or we'll, it's just never say never. We'll see.
1: Well, our example is always how we teach anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. So whether you teach as in a classroom or workshop setting or you just go forward with this, you, you really are a teacher. I was just wondering because I began so much earlier than you, like 1980 as opposed to 1989 or 90 rather, 1990, as opposed to seven or eight years ago. I never thought when I started to do this, that I would ever had a podcast about healing, mm-hmm. like you know, really. So it's not just the gifts and the individuals, but the world in some way is ready for what we have developed, even though we didn't know that the world would ever be ready for this. Correct. Mm-hmm. So as the as as we begin to incorporate what we do. The place is getting ready for us. All we have to do is keep doing what we do. We don't have to know where we're going,
0: right? And mm-hmm. I, I think that that's the beauty of it. It because it takes away stress.
1: Right. I feel right. I know that. Um, basically, you just hold a space. You know, you call in your you call in source. You call in. You do what you're taught to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then, then you you. It's mindless work. So I can do this (laughs) because it's mindless. And that sounds counterproductive. But it's really where the strength comes from. You know, I am used as an instrument. Mm -hmm. I am used as a channel. I'm used as a hollow bone. I'm surrendering, allowing that the person who comes to me get what they need. I don't need to direct all this. Right. Uh, so I find it amazing that as much as we want to honor intelligence, this is not a process of IQ. This is a process of bigger than that. It's, 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 um, it's I don't know, what can you say to that?
0: I say, I, I, know what you're, I think I know what you're saying. It's, it's a process, but it's a very simple process. It's all, in my opinion, a matter of clarity. Mm-hmm. The clear, the clearer you are, the easier
1: it comes. And by clarity, not just clarity of what you see, but clarity of who you are.
0: And exactly, but it's it's even more than that. It's it's getting out of your own way. It's getting out of your head and just being, <laughs> just allowing. Exactly. You know, and just surrender and allow. Exactly. Yeah. And listen. Just listen to the guidance that you receive. The little voice in the back of your head or your gut feeling. You know,
1: that's that's it. Oftentimes, when I work with people i'll 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 you know sometimes you you lay on a hand sometimes you don't, but oftentimes you know like I'll put my hand on their arm or and they'll say, ah, well, how did you know that's where I hurt and i'm like ah, I didn't know, and like it scares me because we don't know from a place of intellect mm-hmm. I don't know because I know like we consider knowledge it's It's more expansive than that.
0: I consider myself, like you were saying earlier, like a conduit. So literally everything, every hand placement is literally how I'm guided. My hand may go on their shoulder, and they may have been having pain in their shoulder that I didn't know about, but they needed that energy there, and I didn't know that. Exactly. But my guides and their guides and God, they knew it.
1: Your intuition works. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, it's about the clarity. But then I can kind of laugh about it. Because, you know, like if you say it's mindless, then you can really be stupid and do this work. (laughs) Well, it's like Peter says,
0: we're just playing. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So it's not to take it too seriously and not to overthink it. You just be.
1: Right. And there's this thing that I've seen often, you know, why can't angels fly because they take themselves lightly? (laughs) So, (laughs) like, we're kind of called to do... um, to do the same so um, is there is there anything else at this time you have to share that um, you feel you know that has come to you since we began
0: um, I would like to share it's a little plug but um, I do have hours for Black Friday I'm going to be having an open door typically my hours are uh, by appointment only I'm going to do from 10 to 2 Okay. And then on Saturday, I'll
1: have um, from 12 to 4. It may be a plug for not because I don't know when this is going to air. But it's okay. It's how you're growing. It's how you're doing. You're allowing something very spiritual on Black Friday, which is typical a day of consumption. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And so it's your effort. Not to pick it that people want to buy stuff and get a good deal, but you're offering the other side of that well know? even this is cool yeah well thank you I, I went to a well, I don't know what you had that day but it was an open house or yeah, something it was so. an open
0: house but I even I encourage people you don't have to come in and buy anything or be there for a service if you've never been before come in and just check out the vibe and see if yeah. it, you even feel comfortable there because I feel like it's kind of like when you go to the doctor you got to like their bedside manner
1: right right so but yeah that's it just totally makes sense and it's it's like, and we don't have to be afraid of the world. We don't have to be so bothered by everything that's going on when we see what's going on, because we have something to offer that can help that.
0: Absolutely, and and I feel like it's a good counter. Like if if this does air in time for Black Friday, it's a good counter for the consumption, as you said. This is a way for people to take time for themselves.
1: Right, wow. So I'm just so grateful that you could come and that um, I get one more step towards becoming techno-begno, and I get a lot of help over here at AOC. Um, So in spite of not being technical, I can get this work done, and I can share it with people. So the community goes from Scott to Lafayette to Acadiana to whoever wants to hear a podcast. So I would like to thank all of you who have tuned in um, to listen to us talk about Le Cadeau, which is the gift, and we'd specifically speak of the gift of healing today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Le Cadeau podcast. I'm your host, Becca Begno. Matt Roberts produced the show. Thanks to AOC Community Media for the use of their facilities. For information about AOC, you can visit aocinc.org. Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup. The views and opinions expressed on this or any program on the AOC Podcast Network do not reflect the views and opinions of Lafayette Consolidated Government, Cox Communications, LUS Fiber, AOC Community Media, its board of directors, or its staff. To learn more about becoming a community media producer, visit us on the web at aocinc.org.